Hello, everyone, and welcome to my brand new show. I'm going to be joined today by Mr. Skystar. He'll come in here in a bit. But today is special. It is a brand new show called Video Nerds. This is where me and Skystar are going to talk about movies. We're going to do whatever the heck we want because it's our show. And it's going to be pretty awesome just to go kind of in-depth in these movies. Of course, like always, I am the man nerd. And today I am joined by Skystar. Uh, hello everyone. I am Skystar. Uh, yeah, I'm... Great intro. <laughs> no, I'm, I'm, I am stoked to be talking movies. I love movies. I, I'm, I'm a giant pop Just tell us a little tidbit about why you love movies so much, man. Because movies taught me everything important in life. Like, all of it. Taught me how to be a decent person. They also taught me that explosions make everything better everything just there's no exceptions to this you need to make something they do you need to make anything better explosion what about implosions though does that take it all away or does it make it better too no those 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 have um those have an inverse effect it's it's weird like they they have the same effect as explosions but they're like next step up they're advanced explosions so it's like, you know what? This movie needs explosions. And then we're going to top it off with an implosion. Like, oh my God, that's amazing. That's what the producers say, by the way. <laughs> that, that, no, that's, that's what I would that's say. mostly just Michael Bay. Yeah, you're right about that one. <laughs> All right, so moving on. So uh, why don't you tell everybody what movie we're doing? I'm pretty excited about this one. I am too. Today we are doing Into the Spider-Verse, a phenomenal movie gonna be oh, good. so good right now we're gonna start with a new spoilers movie review each of us will give it and give it a rating the rating system is going to be dungeons and dragons dice because we like dungeons and dragons so the lowest rating is going to be a d4 the highest rating is going to be a d20 and then of course you've got the d8 d10 d12 in between oh and the d6 i'm kind of an idiot Anyway, moving on. Into the Spider-Verse is an unexpected adventure. You get that nostalgic feel from the origin story, similar to the one you, you already know, the Spider-Man one, right at the beginning. Then you get an unexpected twist that brings in another aspect of Spider-Man that you've actually never seen before. This movie is not only for Spider-Man fans, but also great for people new to Spider-Man. You not only get a major character you know, but you get a brand new one with his own struggles and then a few other weird ones. Then you get even more struggles from everybody else. The animation is top notch. The story is great, flows very well. The main characters are likable and relatable. There are a few things that I feel could have been a little bit better, but due to being a movie, that may not have been an an option might not have been possible while making it and they might fix that in the series who knows since they're doing more of these and these things actually didn't take away from the movie in my opinion which we'll talk about later i give this movie a solid d20 starting it off right yeah this this movie is definitely a solid d20 without without debate oh yeah definitely yeah 
moving on, um, if if we can, just like into the actual intro of the movie, which is a thing of beauty. Like you immediately get that comic book feel, not just from like the way the intro goes, but from the art style of the movie. So it oh, definitely. it immediately feels like you just jumped right into a comic book. You are in a comic book, and it is the best thing over. If you are a nerd, you can't help but love this movie. Yeah, it brings you back to that happy place. And it kind of focuses on the the first three movies, right? Yeah. The it, actual it, Spider-Man it, 1, it, 2, and 3 actually, with Tobey Maguire. Yeah, McGuire. it focuses on them. There's a lot of callbacks, a lot of um, inside jokes, which admittedly, like, if you're a hardcore fan, you're going to get. But even if you're not, they're still set up to be hilarious. So, like, you don't have to get all of the inside jokes to find these moments colorful and fun and just enjoyable to watch. Of course, if you do, they're all the better. What's your favorite inside joke on that one? <laughs> Spider-Man 3. Yep. Absolutely yep, Spider-Man 3. <laughs> the dance. As, that it was so cringy. <laughs> like, I remember watching that, and it was, it was so cringy. I like to refer to that as, you know these big things that happen in people's generations? For me... That's like everybody knows where they were at when they first saw the emo dance scene in oh. Spider-Man 3. <laughs> you remember it vividly. I saw that in theaters <laughs> and it was mm. yep. It was it was not good. Now going a little bit f further into that, the intro. Now, it kind of, you know, sets you up like you said. Yeah. For the comics and and the main storyline of Spider-Man. But like, how does that, for you, like, how did that set up the movie, your well, expectation of what to come, and how did that contrast it? So the initial the initial intro of the movie sets up a perfect Spider-Man. Like, the first Spider-Man you see in the movie, because you have multiple throughout the movie, is the perfect Spider-Man. He is the best version of Peter Parker. He's got it together, he's doing the Spider-Man thing, he's got a family... He has a successful career. Like, he is he is doing everything right, and the world is good for him. Of course, J. Jonah Jameson is still busting him because that's what J.J.J. does. Like, Of course. Like, that, like it wouldn't be Spider-Man if J. Jonah Jameson wasn't busting him. That's just the way it works. But, like, that's not a... Yeah. He's not letting it get to him. He's, he's the best possible version of himself as both a person and a superhero. And, like, it sets all of that up, and then you meet your actual protagonist, who is just this dorky kid from the New York suburbs, or I guess not suburbs, but, like, the New York inner city area. Yeah. He's Miles Morales, he's a normal kid, and he's great. And I love everything about him, because it not just him... But these little moments you see at the beginning of the film when you meet him and how his parents and his family interact with each other feels real. Like it feels like an actual family. They're yelling, they're shouting, they're getting ready for the day. And it, it, yeah, the hectic morning routine. You gotta get to school. And like you, you're, and you're immediately drawn in with, with, you know, the feel of the character, the soundtrack of the character because like it's not just a soundtrack to the movie like each character has their own sound bites 
you hear those and immediately you know what's happening. Immediately you're like, oh, that's Miles. Oh, that's this other character. And like, it's, it's really well done. You know, I, I never connected that, but I know what you're talking about now. Now thinking about it. Yeah. You, you automatically know who you're watching right then. Yep. And, and these, yeah. these soundtracks actually overlap in ways. So like, if you have one of the bad guys and Miles in like acting together, these soundtracks are overlapping and you can visually and like in your ears, you can hear that and see it at the same time. And it makes for an amazing effect. Oh man, it does. Now talking about, you know, the intro, we'll, uh, we'll move on here shortly, but how does that, how does that intro that you talked about that sets up the perfect Spider-Man and then moves into Miles Morales, how does that contrast to the actual ending of the movie? The actual ending of the movie. So the beginning of the movie is everything Spider-Man can be. It is Spider-Man at his best. And the end of the movie is not exactly the opposite of that, but so close because you see both Spider-Man at his lowest point, at his absolute worst. And yet at the same time you see that, you also see the quintessential Spider-Man. The, I can, yeah, the hope of the I future. can be better. I will be better. And it's just about taking that first step. Like there's so oh, many, the leap of faith. there's so many pure yep. hero mo- moments at the end of the movie that that's all about oh, so the many. quintessential Spider-Man. And Miles Morales, yeah, he hits every one of yeah. those points. He does. Yeah, he was such a great main character there. Now moving on to the overall storyline. So as a whole, I thought the story was great. It flowed really well. You weren't only introduced to a couple characters, you were introduced to a lot. They did invest a lot more time on three of them. Yeah. But, you know, it it felt really good to be invested in these three characters. And then they had these little tiny moments on the other characters like Noir, Spider-Man and Spider-Pig where you kind of felt, you know, a second of investment in them. But, you know, they can't really put too much time into those characters yeah that's that's just the main characters that doesn't even get into like the villains and just the the, oh yeah the the numerous tiny nods that you won't notice probably the first time you watch it but you'll definitely see it the second oh going into the villains who was your favorite villain oh that's that's nightcrawler with without or um night prowler excuse me nightcrawler is a completely different character oh yeah night prowler uh, without exception, like his, his, he was so awesome. His dynamic in the movie is honestly, as a villain, he, he was the villain I paid most attention to in that movie. Of course, this is spoilers, but that's what we're here for. Yeah. Ended up being Miles' uncle. Yeah, his, oh, his man. uncle Aaron. And that, yeah. that relationship, mm-hmm. mm, mm. That was that was a one-two punch for that reveal, and I liked how the uncle and his father were both trying to get Miles Morales to be like his best self, but in different ways. His father was nourishing that he's he's a smart, super smart kid, and he's like he has a lot of potential. So he's trying yeah. to nourish that part by putting him to another school, 
which kind of throws him into awkward situations. But then his uncle is trying to nurture his artistic, you know, side, which is the tagging, which, oh, that was awesome. I love that scene where yeah. he got bit right before that. Yeah. It was just, just a, a good moment between him and, and his and uncle. And if you think about it, too, he really embraces Spider-Man when he not only doesn't reject either of those things, but embraces all of those aspects of himself and just allows them That's to That's what be. made the movie so great. And did you have any flaws in the movie that you saw? I, my main flaws are, are kind of something you touched on where I wish they had been able to touch on the other characters a bit more. Like they really, they really heavily focused on Miles as well as Peter B. Parker and Gwen Stacy. Yeah, yeah. Gwen Stacy. And they kind of let the other three spider people sort of flounder a bit. They were there and they had their bits, but like, I wish they had also got a bit more like screen time, a bit more story than they did. Hopefully they will in the sequel. Yeah, that's what I'm thinking. I'm hoping that the sequel or even more sequels, it's just going to add on to that. We'll get one or more of them each time. Yeah, beyond that, there were, I didn't notice any like really big issues. Overall, it was a very cohesive, well put together story that was really fun to watch. You got all these other characters that yeah. were so great, and you, you got the outline ones, I would say, but they were still awesome. They were still cool. You could still tell that they were spider people. That's yeah. what really drew me in. As far as like Peter B. Parker, the second actual Peter Parker you see in the film, he's a whole character thing that like you we could make an entire like thing on by itself like we might want to do that at some point actually that would be awesome like (laughs) i want to talk about him he's just so dynamic his relationship Uh. with miles everything like it it hints at what's going on in his life and it's like wow this is a whole thing we could just dissect (laughs) that is a a spider-man i never thought i would have ever seen i love him don't get me wrong i love everything about that version of peter parker but yeah, it's deep. All right, so why don't you take us away to the three greatest moments? The three greatest moments. The top of that list is easily going to be at the very end of the movie when Miles fully internalizes the leap of faith moment. Oh, yeah. That, and like there's, that's on my list. There's like That actually covers at least three different spots in the movie. And that's when he leaps off the building for the first time. And I mean as Spider-Man, when he leaps off the building as Spider-Man. He's got the suit, it's the song, it's an incredibly emotional moment, yep. and you're just there. When he lets Peter Parker go, and he reminds him it's just a leap of faith. You just gotta do it. Like, you're not gonna know if it's gonna work out. You can't. Just gotta, you just gotta take the plunge. Do the best you can. And Oh, that was so emotional. And when he gets back up after Kingpin just pounds him into the dirt and he stands back up and he does the shoulder touch and just blasts oh, Kingpin yeah. into the roof. That right there. And like, I don't count those as three separate moments. They're all the same thing. Now, that, that last moment, the shoulder touch, him getting back up. 
do you think it made it more special that he saw his dad and his dad at the same time was like, get back up, finally believing in Spider-Man? Yeah, I think I think it is because like his dad always believed in Miles Morales and his dad doesn't know that Miles is Spider-Man. And I think it's kind of like when he saw his dad say, get back up and his dad believing in Spider-Man, Miles Morales realized that, you know, his dad is going to be there and going to believe in him no matter what version of himself he is. He could be plain old Miles Morales, his dad's still going to be there, still going to believe in him. He can be Spider-Man, and his dad's still going to believe in him. Because his dad doesn't care what version of him he is, he cares about him. And, like, that was a big moment for him. It's, it's a small thing, like, there. But yeah, it was, it was a big moment for him. And you see it throughout the movie, too. Yeah, and it, it reflects right at the end when he talks to his dad as Spider-Man and then just gives him that big fat hug. He's just so excited. He realizes that he accepts him for all he is. But it's also kind of funny because, again, his dad has no idea Miles is Spider-Man. Yeah. And Spider-Man just comes and gives him a hug and says, I love you. Why is Spider-Man <laughs> hugging me? And why is he professing his love to me? Something's weird about this. <laughs> all right, I'm going to jump in and give a favorite moment, too. Okay. Even though it's it's not really a feel-good part, I think one of the best moments is the death of Spider-Man. Oh. You don't see that coming, and it just changes everything. You've got the quintessential superhero, the the number one, like you said in the intro, and then this, this hope that he's going to train Miles, and it's going to be such an uplifting movie. And then, bam, he's gone. Yeah and everybody's lost oh that hit me so hard he basically goes like yeah no it's it was a big thing i wasn't even expecting it because spidey just always gets away that's just that's just spidey and then yeah, king that's how he is kingpin turns him into spidey paste yes he does <laughs> like oh okay all right moment three man Moment three. Oh, mo moment three is more of one of those. It, it's one of those throwaway jokes in the movie that just tied so much of it together. So partway through the movie, you meet Dr. Olivia Octavius. Okay. Oh, I know what you're talking about. Right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. And uh, so you meet her. She gets like she discovers our heroes trying to steal her computer or steal data off her computer. You find out that Dr. Olivia Octavius is this universe's version of Doc Ock. Her and Peter have this like witty little banter line where um, she, he's like, as she's transforming and she's telling him who she is, he's like, I assume your friends call you Doc Ock. And she's like, actually, my friends call me Liv. Uh, my enemies, my enemies call me Doc Ock. And at, like for that, it's it's a throwaway. But then later in the movie, in a different fight at Aunt May's house, like she comes busting in the door, and you just hear Aunt May go, "Oh great, it's Liv." And it's this small <laughs> moment that's like they have history. Like I yep. think they have like a bingo game or something they hang out at because like, wow. Oh, and Aunt May. Man, I want to see a movie with her more in it from this universe because she was badass. Right? Holy crap. 
yeah, there's so much more to her than you've ever seen, but you never really, you get to see like little tidbits. Right? Like she made Miles's uh, suit. And then you're thinking, you know what? I wonder if she actually made Spider-Man's lair too. Oh, every it's like- It's kind of like the Batcave, but awesome. It's, it's <laughs> made clear that she is fully aware of what her nephew is up to. Like, because like you see, oh, yeah. she has full access to like Spider-Man's lair. Like, she's the one who lets people in. She meets the other spider people before our heroes do. And she let them in. Like, when she's unsure of who's at the door the first time our heroes show up at her house, she comes out with a freaking baseball bat. Like, she's she's ready to throw down. Yeah. She's ready to party. (laughs) (laughs) The best part is she actually uses that bat later in the movie when she knocks one of the people out of the house. Yes, she does. All right, so we got the greatest moments. Now, let's talk about a couple of the weirdest moments. Now, for me, I'm just going to throw one out there. For me, that Miles finding the comic book of Spider-Man and then seeing his origin story right there in detail, that is so... That was very weird to me. The, Im- the implications of that moment. How is that there? The implications of that moment are insane. Like, you just, you can't go down that rabbit trail. <laughs> yeah. Why would that be there? Is this because of the the dimensions coming out? Because that didn't even happen yet. Was there experimentation before? Or is just that just something they threw in there just for fun? Well, Just to make it flow? To make it worse <laughs> is the implication that time travel is a thing because of the end credit scene where you see Spider-Man 2099. Yes. So yes. <laughs> both time travel and interdimensional travel are the, a thing, which means that if that comic book exists, it's always existed. So why doesn't why didn't everyone already know Peter Parker was Spider-Man? Because like you exactly. see some of the panels, like you see some of what's going on in that comic book and it's clear it's talking about peter parker so it's like that confused the hell out of me and you're right it's it's a rabbit hole you don't want to go down (laughs) it's a whole trail (laughs) yes it is (laughs) all right i'd like to move into characters why don't you move into some character stuff oh oh this is this the characters in this movie are so well developed like most of what we've already been talking about is just the characters. Heck, even the villains, like the secondary villains are incredibly well developed. Oh yeah. I'd say the one that's not too developed is Kingpin, but in a way he is because you get to see what he really cares about and his motive for the Collider. But you know, he's he's just a bad guy. I'd say the most underdeveloped villain is, um. I forgot his name. The the his right hand, his main uh, his main enforcer guy. Oh yeah, I know what you're talking about. Yeah, I don't. I forgot his name too. But yes. Oh, that reminds me of the moment at the top of their building after Spider-Man and Miles went and got the computer, and then there was the big reveal of Doc Ock, and then she comes back onto the roof, and then this little moment where Kingpin agrees with Doc Ock like she convinces him not to kill her and he just tombstone without nodding without doing anything his tombstone okay yep tombstone so without even nodding or saying anything 
tombstone automatically knows to put the gun down. I thought that was pretty amazing. Just, just that they know each other so well. The implications of that was it means awesome. they've been working together for a while, and like yeah. even even as the least developed villain, he's still he still has his nods. Like he's still there's still like moments like you just mentioned where it's like okay, clearly there's some history going on here. Ah, uh, now talking about you know underdeveloped characters. I'm not going to jump into like, you know, the spider pig and whatnot and all those others, nor Spider-Man, but I'd say out of the three main characters, it would be probably Gwen was the most underdeveloped, but you still felt like she was in a way. Yeah. What, what do you think about that? I think it's complicated. I think, I think a lot of focus was put on Miles and Peter B. Parker. Um, and their relationship is kind of a mentor, like this old Spider-Man who's who's been there and been broken by it, and this new, like fresh Spider-Man who's just starting out. And I think a lot of like focus was put there, and as a result, Gwen kind of got shunted to the side a bit, but you, she still did get some development. Yeah, and she was, she was. Spider-Woman. She became Spider-Woman to kind of close herself off from the rest of the world after losing her best friend, Peter Parker. Now, one thing that kind of threw me off was when she met Peter Parker, Peter B. Parker, why didn't, why didn't she have a reaction? Did she already know he was there? If she, is she just shrugging it off because that's what she's been doing forever? Miles allows her to feel like she can have a friend again, but you never get that that emotional, you know, feeling kind of like when Aunt May saw Peter B. Yeah. Parker. Well, Just for that that split moment. Like, oh my God. I know from you're from another dimension, but you're Peter. I, I do I do feel like there is somewhat of an explanation for that in the fact that she's been there much longer than a lot of the other spider people. Because it, it says that she's been there at least a couple of weeks by the time um, yeah. the start of the movie actually takes place. Which is interesting, considering there are all sorts of implications to that, including time travel. But you'll also notice, like, so if she's been there that long, she actually saw that universe's Peter Parker die. Or at the very least, she saw, like, he was in action, and then she she was there for the funeral, and then he died. So she's had some time to adapt. Not a lot, but significantly more than everyone else. So that may be... So she's lost two Peters. Yeah. She realized Peter's in that dimension. She lost him again. Yeah, so like... And she does just doesn't want to do it again. She's not in a good way, probably kind of numb to it by this point. I think that was actually reflected in the banquet yeah. when Peter wanted to, Peter B. Parker wanted to go talk over, talk to Mary Jane. And then she's like, it's not worth it. I know. I think that I know is her talking about him. Which if you, if you think about it, suggests that when she got to that universe, she tried to approach, or she at least considered approaching that universe as Peter Parker and then maybe decided yeah. against it. Yeah. Ooh. I want them to dive more into that. Apparently in the next one, 
Spider Woman's gonna be a main part. Yeah, it could be. It it could be less that she didn't have that emotional reaction, and more that she already had it. Like she's already yeah. done and dealt with it because she had to deal with it off screen before any anyone else showed up. Also, how did she get admitted to that school? Like she could have only been there exactly. a couple of weeks top. That's an exclusive school. She's clearly a known quantity in that school. Yeah. Did she mm. just show up and act like a student and no one questioned it? Because if so, I have some serious security concerns. <laughs> yes. <laughs> All right. So we're wrapping up right now. Let's talk about the main moral message of the movie. This is an easy one. It's, uh, it's about taking that first step. Okay. Yeah, I agree with you on that. That's definitely, I, I've got a little different outlook on, on the message, but expand a bit, expand. So in the movie, uh, you know, Miles asks, how do I know when it's the right time? When, when I'm ready to be Spider-Man and Peter Parker, uh, Peter B. Parker, uh, who's kind of been training, teaching him all this time just says, you don't. Like, there's no moment where you go, I am Spider-Man. It's, you just, you just take that step and hope that you can, you know, you don't die. You just reach your arm out, cast your web, and hope it catch something. Because that's yep. all it is. That's all it's ever been. Oh, that is powerful. Expanding on that... I felt like the message was, of course, leap of faith, becoming who you are, but I think it boiled down to, you can't live life alone. You can't be a hero by yourself with no one else to save. Oh, yeah. And not knowing who you are. Absolutely. And I think all the characters kind of had that going on for themselves. They had to let other people in again, at least the three main, Gwen, Peter, and Miles. Yeah. All right. Now, last one. The best scene of the movie. Oh, that is a tough call. But for me, it's easily going to be his first, leap, like, real leap of faith moment. Where he's got, like, the f he's finally got the full actual Spider-Man suit. Uh, his, his own Spider-Man suit. And he leaps off the building. And you've just got that emotional music. And it's... It's a beautiful scene. Oh, yeah. That is the one I came up with. Yeah. Even, even, oh, man. The art in that was so great. Just the glass just breaking as he jumps off the building. I love that part. That was so amazing. Everything about it is just quintessentially Miles Morales being Spider-Man. Like, because even, even, like, the glass breaking... It's just, okay, he's still young, he's still inexperienced, and he didn't detach, like, in time to not break the glass. But he's mm -hmm. also taking that first real leap from, an, you know, a, a giant skyscraper. Even, even his mistakes are quintessentially him. His successes are quintessentially him. And I love it, because everything about that scene says... This is a new Spider-Man. Even the way he swings is him. It's just all him, like you said. Like you could you could oh, see man. where he's internalized the lessons that he's been taught by Peter B. Tarker, 
but you can also see how he's taken those lessons and he's made those things his own. Yep. Uh, okay, so obviously this is a good movie. We talked nothing but good <laughs> things about it. What is your rating on it's, it? It's a D20 D20. Movie. There it is. <laughs> <laughs> All right, everyone. Well, we're going to catch you next time with another movie. Maybe not brand new. Maybe old. Who knows? Maybe something you never heard of. But we're going to talk about it and dive deep. See you later. Ta-ta. I'm not going to do that.